3: Oh, yeah. Spurgity and Gold today. Team 980 always streaming live nationally on the free artist app. Nuggets in charge move with Linnell Willingham taking you up to 3 o'clock before we dish the rock to the Hoffman show. We'll have a few guests stop by the program uh, before we get out of here. Pete Haley, NBC Sports Washington, Commander's Insider, set to join us at some point during the 1 o'clock hour. We're still Trying to work to effort, Pete, and see what time we can get him on here. But he'll join us. He asked a lot of the hard-hitting questions yesterday during Ron Rivera's media availability. So we'll love to get his perspective on what went down yesterday and what were some of his takeaways. We'll take a big picture look at the National Football League as well. Uh, at the top of the 2 o'clock hour, Mark Schofield, national NFL writer for SB Nation, uh, is set to join the program. We'll ask the national perspective of the Washington Commanders and what others outside of the market think this football team is to do moving forward. I mentioned yesterday Ron Rivera spoke to the D.C. media, and he was asked what he's most proud about during his three years here in D.C.
4: Well, I think some of the things that we've done defensively, I think that's you know that's a big step in the right direction, more so than anything else. Um, I think we've got a good core, good nucleus of young players uh, surrounded by um, some, some uh, you know, a uh, few veteran guys that, that can help lead us going forward. Uh, that's what I look at, Pete, is, is I, I think we've got that. I mean, you look at our skill positions. Um, you know, I think wide receiver and 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 running back are, are two really good skill positions for us right now with some young players that, that are, you know, gonna just get better with time. Um, I, I think uh defensively we know what the defensive line's about. I, I think those guys have really kind of come together and 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 have really bought into the way Jack and uh and, and the defensive staff use them. Um, I think we found our, our, our through the middle guys in terms of our safeties. Um, I think Jamin's come along well. Uh, if we can get Cole back out healthy, I think that, that group can be a good tandem of, of, of linebackers and DBs. So I think we're training in the right direction. As I said, though, I think it is really about the young nucleus of, of players that we have. A lot of homegrown guys are here. And, um, you know, to to be able to handle and deal with it, that's probably the biggest thing that, um, you know, I'm looking forward to is is the development and growth of that group.
3: Very interesting comments from head coach Ron Rivera. And, look, he's not lying. Like, he has drafted some good guys. They have re-signed Terry McLaurin and re-signed Jonathan Allen, two building blocks for this franchise moving forward. But the fact that we're in week 18, the final week of year three, and we're still – hanging our hat on player development and our young nucleus and guys growing, that's what he's most proud of? That lets you know the shortcomings that this franchise has had since Ron Rivera's taken over. Seriously. I mean, it totally encapsulates what's wrong with this group. That's something you say after year two. It's not something you get to say after you poke your chest out and tell the world that you're going to make the playoffs because year three is when you turned it around in Carolina. Taj Wilson 414 tweets at me and says, I guess the best thing Ron has done was stabilizing the locker room and eliminated the leaks, but that's a coach low bar. That's such a low bar, excuse me. Like complimenting a restaurant for giving you a clean fork to eat your food with. I mean, Taj, appreciate you tapping in. Perfect way to put it. Ron Rivera, there is something to say, though, about Ron Rivera and what he's done for the culture of this football team. Uh, I said it earlier. Ron Rivera probably is a D to C coach. The Washington Commanders need a C to A coach or a C to B coach at least. But what would you? What were we expecting when we when he was initially hired? I was excited because it was somebody who had had a proven track record in the NFL. Ron Rivera's went to a Super Bowl before. He's been a coach of the year. But clearly, clearly we were all wrong about that because I was one of the main ones singing the praises of the hire. Ron Rivera's such a good guy, respected throughout the NFL, and he is. And he is a good man. But we don't need that here in Washington. We did. We don't need it anymore. Now we need a good head football coach. Now we need someone who's going to get this team over the hump for real. And I'm not talking about being a seven-win team. I'm talking about someone who was, who was a perennial playoff contender. That's the goal. And, hell, I don't even want to be that. I want the big one. I want what Doc got on his ring finger. I want a championship. But like I said, none of it changes without big-time changes at the top. And we know those are inevitable. We understand those are coming. Should Ron Rivera have the opportunity to stick around here in D.C. and continue to see this rebuild through? Because let's be honest, he was kind of giving the short end of the stick. I told you earlier how most franchises, the successful ones at least, are run. A GM hires a head coach and the head coach and GM pick their quarterback. Unfortunately for Ron Rivera, he inherited a situation at the quarterback position with Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith. He didn't help himself out at all. We'll discuss quarterback a little bit more in detail as the show rolls on. But right now, though, I want to hit the phones. 301-230-0980. What are you most proud about? for what Ron Rivera's done here in his first three years in D.C.? Is it signing Terry McLaurin to an extension? Is it signing John Allen to an extension? Is it drafting some of the key young guys here? What are you most proud about? The Riverboat Ron has done. Let's go to Rick in North Carolina. What's going on, Rick? Rick? Ron's in Leesburg. What's going on, Ron?
5: Hey, well now,
2: how are you? How you doing, my man? I'm... Uh... I'm most uh, proud of in the press conference. This ain't saying a whole lot, but I'm most proud of if you listen very carefully to what he said. He admitted he's a defense-oriented head coach, which does not win ball games in today's NFL. It's just too hard to uh, have a defense to keep another team from scoring twenty points or more the way the game is played today. Yeah. And that that yeah. he finally came out in public and said. That he hangs his hat on his development of key key players on the defense, and again, you got to score points. And he had a chance, like you said, he was dealt the quarterback situation. But I don't want him picking the next quarterback. I surely don't. And I agree with you about the way traditional winning uh, programs are 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 run. Uh, he's just he's wearing too many hats. And he's got to learn if he's going to – I think he is going to stay anyway because of the ownership, ownership situation. <laughs> of course, we know that. Yeah, but, but the bottom line is I, don't, I wouldn't want him picking my next quarterback because he's a defensive dinosaur. That's what he is. Hey, Ron,
3: I appreciate the call, buddy. Look, it's, it's real. It's valid. I, I posed the question out there to you because I think it's easy for us as a fan base, right? To look at this thing through a skewed lens, so to speak. Because we're all angry. We're frustrated. We're ticked off. This team, once again, for the second time in three years, is not going to make the playoffs. We have every right as a fan base to be upset about that. But I wonder, though, are we being too harsh with our criticism of the head coach, who also doubles as the general manager? And I'm not doing this to try to throw Ron Rivera a bone. I'm being genuine. Because when I sit and think about it as a fan, like I always say, I'm a fan first just like you guys are. When I sit back and think about it as a fan, I'm damn proud that Terry McLaurin, one of the top 10 wide receivers in this league, is going to be here long term. I'm damn proud of John Allen, one of the best interior defensive linemen in the sport, is going to be here long term. I'm proud of that. Right? I am. I'm proud of him drafting Benjamin St. Juice and having our outside cornerback spot solidified for years to come. We finally got a safety tandem. After years and years of trying to fill the void of the late great Sean Taylor, we finally got two competent safeties in here, and Cameron Curl and Derek Forrest. While head coaches don't get a ton of credit for drafting guys, it is on his resume. He is responsible for it. And the thing that I think we all forget about, because he was such a hero— And did it so seamlessly and effortlessly without complaining was the job that he did in 2020 for this man to take over this organization amidst the turmoil that we were in battling cancer. And somehow without meeting these guys in person until August got the ship righted and got this team in the postseason for the first time in four years. That's impressive. That's impressive. And he did it with a poopy quarterback situation. I'm not defending Ron Rivera by any stretch of the imagination. I get it, though. I get the tough spot that he's in. Because when you don't have an owner who gives a damn, it's tough. It really is. And I understand he was given complete autonomy. And he hasn't made the best decisions at the most important position in the league. And we'll get to quarterback later. I get that. But let's not act like he's done nothing since he's gotten here. right? There are some good things that Ron has done. The bigger question is, do you trust him to be the leader of this shit moving forward? Should he get the benefit of the doubt for what happened in 2020? Should he get the benefit of the doubt for a starting quarterback going down to week one last year? Should he? What are you most proud of? If head coach Ron rivera said he's gotten here, let's go to AP and Greenbelt. Let's go to AP.
6: What a What's up, babe? How you doing? Hey, man, I- I'm doing. I- I'm trying to be doing anyway. But look. As far as what we have to be proud of of Mister Ron Riverboat Ron, Ron Burgundy, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Don't forget. I'll but. say this. I'll say this, and this is coming from me being a military veteran of seventeen years and counting. He's the leader of men. One thing I can say about Ron, regardless of the roster the spots and everything, quarterback, whoever. Especially with Taylor Heineken. I can't even say anything about Carson Wentz. Like, that shit to sale. He is a leader of men. He is a leader of men, and everybody, no matter how good or how bad we are, he's gotten these guys to buy in and ball. And up until this past Sunday, we were a game away from clinching or possibly clinching. But in any event, that's what I'm proud of Ron Ford. But as far as quarterback and Sam (laughs) Howe and how you telling me that he ain't ready yet, what are you doing? Is he not a good study or are you just not good teachers? Because why is he not ready yet? You telling me that Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke are better than him? Are you telling me that he can do worse than what they're doing? And Taylor Heineke, shout out to him. He's done a great job and I would love to see him back. But, man. You're telling me Sam Howell ain't ready yet? I Look, find
3: that hard to believe. Hey P, I feel you. Look, the, the streets are saying he's not ready. And, and we'll, we'll get into a deeper dive in that later on in the show. We'll play the audio from Logan Paulson on Take Command where he basically came out and said people in that building and coaches that he talked to and personnel members feel like Sam Howell's not ready. We'll have a full-blown, in-depth conversation about that later on in the show. Right now, I want to continue to hit the phones. 301-230-0980 is the number. What are you most proud of? The head coach, Ron Rivera, is done here in his three seasons in D.C. Let's go to Raymond and Clinton. What's going on, Ray?
7: What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing, How you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, The drafting of the players that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. that I I got support that he done. Other than that, when 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 they first announced that Ron Rivera was coming here, I'm not ain't gonna tell you no lie, man. I'm, I've been a Redskins fan man since 1963 when I was two years old. I dropped my head, man, because <laughs> they gotta they gotta understand. They gotta understand one thing, man. Folks, you gotta do your geography just like when we go to school. We have all these classes that we have to take in order for us to in order for us to take these tests. We gotta pass these tests. Right. Okay. I know damn well that whoever hired Ron Rivera didn't didn't go to them classes, man, to take the test <laughs> because the man came from Carolina and he was losing. He brought losing coaches with him.
3: Look, nine that's seasons,
7: nine seasons, six years that's, under 500. That's not, that's not a formula. That's not a recipe for winning. That's a recipe for disaster. That's the way I look at it. I've been looking at football, man, all my life. I know a little bit about football. I'm not a general manager. I'm an armchair quarterback, just like everybody else that listen to your show. But I know one damn thing. I know a coach when I see one. Riverboat Ron is just what he is. He's a riverboat. Go on down the river, dog. Just bring somebody in here that's willing really to come up to the Potomac River and say, look, I've got this. I'm going to block this river off. I'm going to take this team where it hasn't been in the past 23 and a half years. I'm going to take them there. I'm going to put them there. And when I do put them there, I want to get –
3: Hey, Raymond, I appreciate the call, brother. Steve in L.A. What's going on, Steve? Yeah, hi.
8: Uh, hi, good morning. Uh, you asked a uh, question, man. You
7: asked a lot of questions. Um, the, the
3: Paulie, save us. I don't know what Linnell. the hell Steve got going on. Hell to the W.
9: Linnell, what's up, man? Happy New Year, man. Happy
3: New Year, big bro. How you How doing, you? my man? I'm doing
9: good, man. How you doing, man? Doing well, man. Hey, man. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. You sound like you sound like your you sound like your uh, you sound like your, uh, your big brother, uh, Rufy, over there straddling the fence. Hey, look, I can't I, I can't say I'm proud of anything this man has done because all I, all I look for head coaches is wins and losses, and all I'm getting is seven wins a season. I can't give him any praise and all this and all that. Man, you just, did you? The roster he took over it was the talent was there. The cupboard wasn't dry. And I don't want to hear this he the quarterback situation, he inherited. Look, man, he's been botching his quarterback thing from day one. He came in here, <laughs> his plan B at quarterback was Kyle Allen. That's who he brought with him. All right? No last Doria man. Haskins, if, you the head coach. You the head coach. If you ain't want Dorrhya Haskins, you had two quarterbacks and that, three quarterbacks in that draft available for you. You should have made made uh, uh, had some go, so had some gonads and said, I don't want this guy. I'm going to take who I want. But no, you brought in Kyle Allen, who was about to get cut also. You know what I mean? So, so I can't give him no pass. I can't give him no pass. Paul, Paul remind that. me here. Listen, remind me. Remind me. Did they trade for Kyle Allen? They traded for Kyle Allen. They traded for Kyle they Allen. A first for Kyle pick. Allen. Mm. Now, now, listen. Now, take Brian Dabo out there in the Giants and give him our roster, even for 2020. Now, I'm True. telling you, we went seven and nine. Sure. For like uh, uh, 11 a eleven and five, maybe ten and six, That's seven and nine. Yo, this coaching staff is horrible. Ron is horrible as a coach. He's like that last caller said. I thought the same thing. My only thing I was holding on to when we hired Ron was like, okay, at least I know we're gonna have a a tough, physical, disciplined football team. We're not even that. Eh. We do that in spurts. Yeah, we're not even consistent with that. We do that in spurts. So. I can't really say I'm going to praise him for anything. The way I'm looking at it, man, we're at the same spot we were three years ago when he was hired. Talent on his team, and, and, and we're just jogging in place, man. And, and one more thing. I'll I get this off my chest, man. Hey, y'all stop grouping me into this, this category with Sabah. <laughs> I, I know what Heineke is, man. I know what Heineke is. I'm not We all know what Heineke is. Paulie, don't take he's, a damn rocket a good, scientist. A, no, no, no. People want to keep saying Paulie is Sabah. No, I ain't Paulie is Sabah. He's a good backup. <laughs> <laughs> My whole point is, he's on our team. Right. right? If you're trying to, if you're trying to uh, group him or, or compare him to anybody else in the league, we're we not the 49ers. We're not Pittsburgh. We're not these other. On our team, on our team, to me, he was the best option as a bridge quarterback. All right? Yeah. Not Carson Wentz. Were all y'all Carson Wentz? Where you at, Roy? I've been hearing you for four <laughs> We weeks.
3: appreciate the call, brother. Roy and Brunswick, if you're out there, Paulie got you. Look, I'm right on the same train, though. I was also all in for Carson Wentz. Hell, we all were. So let's not act like let's not act like hindsight ain't 2020, man. We all thought Carson Wentz was going to be the guy to elevate this thing over the top, but it wasn't. But it wasn't. The beautiful thing about us, though, is we're just fans. Ron Rivera, the way it's looking, put not only his reputation, but his job potentially in the hands of Carson Wentz. Phone lines lit up. If you're on the line, stay there. What are you most proud of? The round of done in the last three years. Your call's next.
7: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink...
1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Team
3: 980 always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Youngster Charge with Lanelle Willingham taking you up to 3 o'clock here on this Tuesday edition of the Burgundy and Gold today. We'll have some friends stop by the program before we get out of here. Coming up in about 20 minutes, Pete Haley, Commander's Insider for NBC Sports Washington. He's set to join the show. We'll get his thoughts on what the hell happened Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. Plus, what is this franchise going to do moving forward? All that and more with Pete Haley coming up in about 20 minutes. In the 2 o'clock hour, we'll take a national spin on the National Football League, and we'll see what some of the people outside of this market are thinking of Washington's current situation. Mark Schofield, national NFL writer for SB Nation, set to join us in the 2 o'clock hour. So plenty to get to here in the final hour and a half of the program. Right now, though, I want to continue to take your calls. If you're on the line, appreciate you staying there. Lit lines, let's get right to it. What are you most proud of that Ron Rivera's done here in his three years in D.C.? I listed you a couple options here. Re-signing Terry McLaurin, re-signing Jonathan Allen, Some of the key members of this nucleus that he signed or drafted, excuse me, on defense. It hasn't been all bad with Riverboat. For you, though, what are you most proud of? I'll go into a little bit more detail about what I was talking about earlier. And AP put it beautifully. His ability to lead men, his ability to take this team to the postseason in year one while battling cancer, and creating that no-excuse mentality in that locker room, that's a real thing that he did. There's a reason a guy like Jeremy Reeves, who's been through it all in his life, is willing to go to bat for Ron Rivera, is willing to go through a wall for Ron Rivera. I'll be honest. I've been in locker rooms. Not everybody in that locker room feels like that about Ron. I'll be honest with you. A lot of clicks in locker rooms. I don't know how NFL locker rooms are. I know in college, though, there are a lot of clicks. There's a group of cats who are going to love the head coach their group of cats are going to love their position coach or their coordinator. I will say this though. There is a respect level in that commander's locker room for head coach, Ron Rivera. But we've always talked about this. Ron Rivera, the GM eventually was going to put Ron Rivera, the head coach on the hot seat. And that's the crossroads that we're at right now. Because if it wasn't for this ownership situation, if this was any other professional NFL outfit and franchise, Based on the way this team has collapsed down the stretch the last two seasons, there would be serious discussions about whether or not this coaching staff gets to return for the 2023 season. But clearly we all know the impending sale of this team makes those decisions really impossible right now because it doesn't make sense financially uh, for Dan Snyder to do it and as a fan base. Is that what we want our last parting gift to be? Daniel Snyder choosing another head coach for us? Hell no. So, of course... We understand the fact that, hey, look, Ron Rivera, most likely, is going to have one more year. There are small, minute changes that could be made. Coordinator, scouting department, things of that nature. But in a nutshell, we are who we are right now from a coaching standpoint. The question is, what are you most proud of that Ron Rivera has done here in his three years in D.C.? Let's hit the phones. John is in New York. What's going on, John.
0: Hey, Happy New Year to you, sir. It's happy John new year, the buddy. Panther fan. John the Panther I'm fan. Also, oh, you should know
3: Riverboat very well, huh?
0: Extremely well. I've been a Panther fan since their inception. I grew up, you know, rooting against the uh, Burgundy and Gold as a uh, Cowboys fan, but you got to switch when you get a team, and you do, you're right. Everything that's been on your show, and I always listen to it when I travel from New York to North North Carolina and then back. I always make sure to tune in. Y'all are great. You cover great things and you you at least tell the truth about your team. You got some And there's Ron. a couple of things. You know, Ron is a leader of everything that's been said on the show was on the Charlotte Talk Radio for uh 5 years. Everything, you know, and, and it's true. However, Ron will get you a winning record every other year. He will take you to some playoffs. I think he's loyal to his staff to a fault. Uh, nobody likes Scott Turner and Charlotte, even though he's a, comes from a great offensive-minded family. Yeah. Um, you know, think about Taylor Heineke. He's best in a spread offense. He even said he loves being in a spread offense. The two-minute, dr- but how often did half of the game maybe the team go to his strengths? and play what he's used to the most. Uh, you've got a great running game, but even Patrick Mahomes looks bad between uh, uh, whenever pressure's applied. Uh, and those are his worst games, one of the best quarterbacks, when you don't have an offensive line. So it don't matter who the quarterback is if you don't give them time for the plays to develop. Well, and John, yet, we appreciate he- the call. That, that goes
3: back to what we just said. Ron Rivera, the GM... Eventually, is going to end up getting Ron Rivera, the coach, fired. And here's why. John just pointed to the offensive line deficiencies. That's a huge, huge, huge mistake. And the most glaring mistake, I think, that this team made this offseason was not addressing this offensive line properly. Because guess what? The $28 million mistake that you made in Carson Wentz, maybe it works. Maybe if the offensive line was properly constructed. You let Brandon Sheriff go. He's going to be a potential all-pro guy. You let Eric Flowers walk. He was your starting guard last year, and you replaced them with two aging veterans who, let's be honest, took a damn long time to start playing competently. Talking about Trey Turner and Andrew Norwell. I get that. Ron Rivera gets no pass for that. Ron Rivera gets no pass for the decisions that he made this offseason along that offensive line. That's, that's where that conflict of interest comes into play. They felt they can go cheaper at the interior guard spot to compensate for the amount of money they were giving the quarterback. We all see how that played out. I don't know, though, man. It's, it's hard for me to get up here and completely bash everything that Ron's done, though. It is cuz I take a lot I take 2020 that weighs heavily upon me man. What he did in 2020 was special. It was. It was and the great part about 2020 is the way that team finished. Right? And that has been the knock on Round of led teams. Is they don't start they don't start out fast. But boy did they finish strong going up to Pittsburgh beating the 11 and 0 Steelers. Those things matter, man. Those things matter. The big glaring issue for Ron Rivera, since he's taken over here, is his inability to properly address quarterback. And we'll go into way more in-depth on that here in the next segment. I want to continue to take your calls, though. What are you most proud of that Ron Rivera's done in his three years? All right, here with the Burgundy and Gold. Danny's in D.C. What's going on, Danny? Hey,
8: good afternoon, brother. How you doing? Good, good, good. Um, I'll just be brief. I mean, I think for me, I I, I was a long time uh, Washington football team fan. Um, I think that because I've divorced them, uh, I've been able to watch the game objectively. I haven't replaced them with any other team. I just mm-hmm. I got to the point where I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do it. And I know a lot of fans can have some uh, some similarities in that. Now, I will say this: what I've observed it that with the with the Washington football team, I think that Ron Rivera is a product of what we have always been before we even got here, which is it's not always about football. And and each uh, key position, whether it's coaching staff or a player, we need more. So we need a quarterback that can do everything. We need a coach that can do everything. I think Ron Rivera, his strength, what he was able to do was add some stability because we had coaches that couldn't even – you know, address the media properly. So, right. you know, Ron Rivera was able to add some stability to a franchise that obviously needed, with all the things that we had that were outside the football field. But I mean, he is what he is. The 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 the, the thing that the Washington football Ron Rivera isn't the sole issue. Now he has some deficiencies. So. Yeah, but you you got way more other problems. Way more other. Challenges and scouting, and then how much talent you let leave out here. We got three playoff coaches currently in the league that were all in in in, in, <laughs> in our in our, yeah. in our building. Um, and and on top of that, you there, there's so much that the, the the Washington football team needs, and it's not. Like, I mean, they're they're making steps in the right direction, so I think eventually it'll get right. But it's been wrong for so long, and it's really it's really unfortunate. Hopefully, like you know. I don't think it can get any worse. I mean Well it can.
3: I appreciate the call, Danny. What Danny hit on the head was it is with this situation more than football. And that's why it's almost a trick question almost to ask about Ron Rivera. Because anytime you talk about Ron Rivera, you can't do it without talking about the guy who put Ron Rivera in position. And I don't know how religious y'all are out there. Put our hands together and pray in hope together as a Burgundy and Gold family that this is the last January. That Daniel Snyder is the owner of this football team. That's our only saving grace right now. Is eventually. Daniel Snyder selling this team. And that honestly would probably be my biggest positive takeaway from this season. From 2022 is that, hey, look. It might end up in another seven win season for the third straight year. But guess what? We might have finally. Gotten rid of the cancer. That's infected this franchise for the last 22 and a half years. We may have finally gotten to that point to where we can move on from that imbecile. Which is a win at the end of the day. Right now, 301-230-0980. What are you most proud of that the head coach, Ron Rivera, has done since he's gotten here to Washington? Littles in Dallas. LJ in Dallas. Sorry. Yeah, hello? LJ, what's going on, my man? Oh, okay,
5: it's LJ. Hey, look out in there, man. Listen. Hear me out. Once again, we can point the finger and do all that, but what we what we don't remember is this franchise is one of the deepest franchises when it comes to history and first class organization. Ever since Joe Gibbs left, Ron, a little bit, Ron Rivera is the closest thing we got right now. Not only have he changed the culture in the locker room, in the atmosphere at the at, at, just at, just at, in Washington alone. That's the start. you got to start there because you lost so much. Over 27 years, we've been infected. you got to go ahead and change the culture, the player's perspective. That's where it starts. Once you start there, now you start building. you got, you got key draft picks. you got key people signed. Now you can see the build. As a fan, we want to win right now. We, we're tired because we've been through so much. But remember, that wasn't Ron's fault. That's not his fault. So now we're judging him because we still not winning it. But the thing about it is the atmosphere, the environment, everything is changing. To get back to where we come from, this is where we got to start. We just got to be not say to be patient forever. Of course. But give him just a little bit more room. Just a little bit. And you'll see the outcome later on. It's coming. It's coming.
3: Hey, I appreciate the call, LJ. Look, I, that's fair. And that's kind of what I'm trying to get at as well. I, I don't know, though. This is why huh, it stinks to have to be responsible and not walk the fence. I see both sides of of, of the coin with Ron Rivera, man. Because I I do think there's a lot of merit to what LJ said. He's changed the culture. He's created a no-nonsense attitude. He's got the guys in the locker room to rally around him and make football the most important things in their life. He's done that. He's a damn good leader of men. But at the end of the day, this is a results-driven business. He has not won more than seven games since he's taken over here. There's something to say about that. While it feels good to not be the laughing stock of the NFL and not be one of the bottom feeders, that feels good. But you know what feels better? Punching your ticket to the damn postseason every year. Being able to go talk smack to your relatives that our team's going to be in the postseason. Because guess what? I know y'all feel the same way I felt. At 345 on Sunday, when that clock hit triple zeros against Cleveland, I felt like the damn season was over. I don't even care about next week against Dallas. I can care less. I don't even care about the NFL season anymore almost, man. It feels like everything is over because our team is not going to punch our ticket to the big dance. And as a fan base, that's all we're really looking for. Now, LJ put it beautifully. That takes time. You must grow and get to that point. I mean, at some point, you got to win. It can't be all about culture and feel good vibes and, being a respectable organization, that's good. That's the bare minimum. I believe it was, I believe it was Taj who tweeted at me and said, that's almost like you getting excited at a restaurant for them giving you a damn clean fork to eat with. That's what you should expect. That should be the standard. I don't know, man. I don't know. Moving forward, we're going to have a lot of conversations. We're going to have a lot of interesting questions to ask. This offseason could potentially be – the most important offseason in the history of this franchise. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll continue to hear more from Ron Rivera. He spoke about the quarterback failures since he's gotten here in Washington. We'll let you hear that audio next. It's bringing and Gold today, Team 980, always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Youngest in Charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 3 o'clock here on this Tuesday edition of the Burgundy and Gold today. Coming up top of the 2 o'clock hour, Pete Haley, NBC Sports Washington, Commanders Insider set to join the program. We'll take his temperature on what the heck's going on with the Burgundy and Gold and what he thinks is next for this franchise moving forward. Ron Rivera, though, yesterday spoke to the DC media and we played you the comments earlier about how he, about what he was most proud of, so to speak, uh, during his tenure here in Washington. He also spoke about the quarterback position and that... That is the conversation that I know we all are interested in. Here is Ron Rivera yesterday talking about the failures and decisions uh, that they've had at the quarterback position since he's gotten here.
4: I think the biggest thing, Matt, you know, coming here and 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 holding Pat for the most part with 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 um, with you know the, the the quarterbacks that were here when we got here, um, and then the second year, you know, trying to put everything else in place and, and bring a veteran guy in. Um, and unfortunately, he got hurt. He got hurt in the first game. Um, I think this year, looking at it, trying to find the, the right free agent for us. Um, I think that's that was one of the things that we felt we could do um, it. Unfortunately, that didn't work right now. Um, and we'll see. I mean, as I said, we'll get an opportunity to, to, to sit down and talk about it and evaluate it as a staff next week once it's all said and done. Head coach Ron Rivera talking about the quarterback decisions that he's made since he's taken
3: over here in D.C. And I want to go back to what he said in that first part. And let's let's really walk it like we're talking, so to speak, right? Let's really peel the onion all the way back and go start from ground zero. 2020. When Ron Rivera was hired as the head coach of this football team. Our fans remember the regime prior in the year before. We drafted a quarterback in the first round, the late, great Dwayne Haskins. God rest his soul. When Ron Rivera took over this job, he had to inherit the current quarterback situation that was. And he made an addition to that quarterback room that had consisted of Dwayne, Alex Smith. Then he traded for Kyle Allen, who was on the Carolina Panthers, someone who he had familiarity with, so to speak. That's ultimately where I think he went wrong. And I know hindsight is twenty twenty. No one thought that Justin Herbert was going to turn into the quarterback that he turned into, but damn, it would have been nice to have him number two overall instead of Chase Young. To a tongue of Iloa, you see what he's doing in Miami with weapons. Would have been damn nice to have him as the number two overall pick. But obviously, you know, we're crying over spilled milk at this point. The shortcomings that Ron Rivera in this regime have had at the quarterback position— I think, is the biggest, most glaring flaw on their resume since they've gotten here. That is the league's most important position. You must get it right in order to compete. That's it. It's quarterback or nothing. I mean, let's just really look. I'll pull up the standings here in the National Football League, conference by conference. You know who's at the top? Of the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, the L.A. Chargers, the Baltimore Ravens, the Jacksonville Jaguars, m M&M. and What do all those teams have in common that I just listed? The top five C's in the AFC. QBs. QBs. And not just, not just your journeyman quarterbacks. They've got franchise quarterbacks. Guys that are going to be there for the next 10 to 15 years. We haven't sniffed that since Bobby Three Sticks, since Kirk Cousins. I thought it was going to be Dwayne. But let's be honest about what happened with Dwayne Haskins. Ron Rivera didn't handle that situation properly. He cut Dwayne before the end of his second season. When you talk to talent evaluators across the National Football League, they normally say you can't truly get a gauge on what a young quarterback is going to be until you get The 32-game sample size. Now, I'm not just pulling that number out of my big fat bozo. 16 games in 16 games. That's two seasons as the full-time starter. Dwayne Haskins was never afforded that luxury. And then you made matters worse. When you inherited this football team, Kevin O'Connell was the offensive coordinator of this group. He had worked directly with Dwayne. Ron decided that Scott Turner was going to be the better hire. So you were already writing Dwayne Haskins off from the get-go. And see, that's what Linnell doesn't like. That's what Linnell doesn't have any tolerance for. Because guess what, Riverboat? If you're the man and good person that everybody said you were, you'd have no ill will or no problem saying, hey, look, Dwayne isn't the guy that I want. Let me draft somebody. Because guess what? You set Dwayne Haskins up to fail by making him digest and learn an entire new offense going into his second season in the league. And then to add insult to injury, you didn't even let him start the entirety of the year. Why? Why? Because Alex Smith was going to be the quarterback of this team moving forward? Kiss my you-know-what. Because Kyle Allen was going to be the quarterback of this team moving forward? Shove it. You didn't have a true plan at quarterback when you took over this franchise, and that, that is where you went wrong. And you then you double down on your mistake by hiring Scott Turner, making Dwayne Lerner a whole, a whole new offense. But okay, year one, you get a pass. You ultimately end up making the playoffs through COVID. The legend of Taylor Heineke is born. It's all fine and dandy going into that offseason. The 2021 offseason, last year, last summer. What were we talking about? Man, this team is a quarterback away from potentially being a dark horse sleeper and not just the NFC East, Eminem, the whole damn conference. You remember that? Dan Orlovsky, Mike Greenberg, every national pundit who you would listen to were all drinking the Commander's Kool-Aid, then the Washington football team. They are what I call them at this point. They were drinking the Burgundy and Gold Kool-Aid. They felt as if they were a quarterback away from being a contender in the National Football League. And not just a contender in the NFC East, I'm talking the entire damn conference. That's how close this roster supposedly was. Now we all know the story of what happened that summer. They tried to go out and trade for Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford was not going to sign a long-term extension here in Washington. So they swung and missed on that. Once that happened, you know what your plan B should have been? Let me go get my hands and get a part of this 2021 NFL QB draft class. Let me go see who are the heavy hitters in the draft. That's what a real organization would have done. That's what a competent head coach would have done. Is done whatever it took to go out and get your guy in the draft. Because guess what? At that point, you had the leeway to draft and develop a guy. To take and live with the growing pains of a young QB. You had that type of leeway heading into year two. But what did they decide to do? They decided to bring in everyone's favorite journeyman quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, you guys get to see him every week Thursday night on Amazon Prime during their football coverage. He's a great damn analyst. Truly is. Is he a good quarterback? I don't know. Ryan Fitzpatrick, his career record at quarterback 59, 86 and 1. Just like Ron Rivera, a quadrillion games under 500. So maybe it was like it was familiarity. He wanted another loser. I'm being facetious here when I say this, but clearly their choice to go after Ryan Fitzpatrick, who at the start of the season was 39 years old. Their decision to go after Ryan Fitzpatrick set this franchise back even further. And this is what makes me so ticked off that he benched Taylor Heineke last week. Taylor Heineke, whether we want to admit it or not, last year saved Ron Rivera's ass. 110%. Because if it wasn't for Taylor Heineke being competent as a backup and being able to keep this thing afloat in relief of the starter, whew, Who knows how bad 2021 would have went. The problem is, though, Ryan Fitzpatrick should never, ever be your plan B at the quarterback position. At that point, you know what you do? When you don't, when you swing and miss on Matthew Stafford, who was apparently, according to all reports, who they went out and went after aggressively, when you miss out on that guy, you pivot. And you don't pivot to another journeyman quarterback, you bozos. You pivot to someone who could potentially be here for the next 10 to 15 years. The San Francisco 49ers traded up to the third overall pick to select Trey Lance. And I'm not saying you had to take Trey Lance. But damn it, I'd feel a hell of a lot better if I knew that you at least tried to draft and develop a young quarterback. At least try. But no. They thought they were a veteran QB away from being them. From being the team to beat. You misevaluated your roster once again. And that's not just a Ron Rivera problem. That's been a problem for this franchise for the last 20 years. But for me, man, when we're talking about quarterback failures and what we're proud of or not proud of when it comes to Ron Rivera, his, I don't want to just say him because it's an entire regime and staff, this regime's inability to properly address quarterback is ultimately going to be their undoing. Here's Ron Rivera yesterday talking about the failures at the quarterback position.
4: I think the biggest thing, Matt, you know, coming here and 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 holding Pat for the most part with 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 um, with you know the, the the quarterbacks that were here when we got here, um, and then the second year, you know, trying to put everything else in place and, and bring a veteran guy in, um, and unfortunately he got hurt, he got hurt in the first game. Um, I think this year, looking at it trying to find the the right free agent for us. Um, I think that's, that was one of the things that we felt we could do Um, it. Unfortunately that didn't work right now. Um, And we'll see. I mean, as I said, we'll get an opportunity to, to, to sit down and talk about it and evaluate it as a staff next week. Once it's all said and done. Yeah. I mean, look,
3: the thing I love about it though, Ron Rivera admitting fault, right? Ron Rivera admitting that, Hey, look, What we've done at quarterback hasn't worked. I want to fast forward, though, to this offseason. Because we went through what they did in the first offseason. We went through what they went through in the second offseason at the quarterback position. This time around, though, once again, they had the opportunity to address quarterback. They could have went and signed a free agent quarterback. That would have been all fine and dandy. But guess what? They didn't. They didn't. They traded draft capital. To acquire Carson Wentz, and they inherited a $28 million salary. Now, in hindsight, now in hindsight, we understand that that was the wrong decision. But damn, look at the free agent class of quarterbacks who we passed—guys who we passed on: Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, Jacoby Brissett, Mitchell Trubisky, Geno Smith. Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor. Is Carson Wentz marketably better than any of those guys I just listed? Do any of those guys, would they have been drastically worse than what Carson Wentz has brought to this football team? Hell no. Once again, hindsight, 2020. At the end of the day, this regime and their inability to properly address the quarterback position, that. That is going to be their undoing. What do you want the commanders to do next at quarterback, though? I want to take the temperature of the fan base, 301-230-0980. What do you want to see the commanders do next at the quarterback position? Your call's on
1: that next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day.